Hello guys, I am Ricardo de la Blanca. During the last 20 years, I've been working in different parts of the world where I met very interesting people. People who accomplish what seems impossible. People who make mistakes. Fun and passionate people. People from whom we are going to learn what no school or university can teach. We're going to learn from leaders. Hello, Satya. How are you, my friend? So happy that you accept this call and to share your story with us. Thank you so much, Ricardo. Uh, it's always a pleasure talking to you and uh, glad that you started this new initiative and happy to be here. Super. See, that the idea, as I told you before, is to, to experience through different stories, inspire people. I think that people right now are super focused in all the negative things of this virus. And I believe it's time to show different views, different perspectives. And um, in your case, I believe you have a fantastic story. Uh, you are right now, in fact, in India. You are from India, and but you have a, a degree in NYU, New York, and very successful company in, in some of the most coolest and hottest things right now. That is technology. So, well, how you finish on on this point? How you start your career? So, the idea in this interview is to understand a little bit your story, and then I have a couple of questions that I'm doing to all the people because at the end of the day, I'm trying to have kind of a match. What are the principles? The things that every single entrepreneur in this world not, doesn't care if it's in this industry or the other or in this country or on the other. At the end of the day, we share some values, we share some practice. So thank you, Satya, again for being here. And please tell us your story. Sure. Uh, well, uh, first, thank you for giving the opportunity to, you know, to go over the story, right? I think one of the most important pieces of uh, any successful company or any of the successful ventures or you know, anything for that matter, uh, a lot relies on people. And uh, people is all about the stories that they carry and uh, the experiences that they have had through their lives. So Absolutely. I think it's a great, uh, you know, it's a very, you know, in, in, from that perspective, I think uh, this is a great, uh, you know, podcast. So, you know, to give you a little bit of background about, you know, what I've done and, you know, the entire story and the journey till this point of time is, uh, you know, I, I've been brought up in a family where uh, my father uh, is an entrepreneur, my mother is an entrepreneur, uh, but we never started it off in a very easy format. Uh, you know, both my parents started off, uh, you know, from the ground up. And uh, they, le they learned a lot of experience through that, which I believe is one of the most uh, valuable things that I've taken away, uh, you know, that I take from them every day. So, and I think uh, being born in an entrepreneurial family, you see through the ups and downs of life and you also see through the ups and downs of how they navigate through these difficult, you know, times. So, uh, Mr. One second. Is, is, I, I love what you said uh, the other day. One of the person that was in the interview was telling me that uh, this uh, a life of entrepreneurs is not for cardiac person. So you, you almost die because it's never, it's never a, a line that you can, you know, predict. It's always like this. It's very, very ups and downs uh, and. Is, is, is in some cases, people saw like crazy people that like, oh, why, why this guy wants to be in this stress all the time, but 
in the other hand, I think that the, the building something that brings value is so exciting, brings so much passion that I, I, I understand why we are in this position, but it, it, I, I can understand in your case, coming from a family that was both entrepreneurs, uh, the, the kind of things that we, we need to live with. So it's crazy. Yeah, and big shoes to fill. Uh, but uh, yeah, so, you know, so I started off, uh, you know, of course, studying here in India, uh, did my bachelor's in computer science. Um, I did definitely uh, like technology as a fundamental, but I never fancied uh, the whole programming as a career. So right after my bachelor's in computer science that was in India in a very reputable uh, uh, you know, university, uh, which is Anna University, which is one of the, one of the oldest universities in the country. What is the name of the university? called Anna University. Okay. Yeah. So it's one of the most reputable and one of the oldest universities, uh, you know, in the country. So uh, coming from there, uh, I was also with, uh, you know, with other students, right, who came in from different parts of the country, uh, both uh, from, I would say, you know, the city environment and also from the rural environment, which again is another big eye opener, right? So, you know, if you, if you think about it, uh, you know, we all think about uh, opportunities just primarily being in, you know, major cities. But I, you know, if you look at it, there are a lot of entrepreneurs who also come from not just the city, but, you know, from other, you know, parts which are outside. The city. So it was, for me, that was a great, another great experience, uh, you know, getting to know people from other parts of the country and not necessarily people also from uh, the city itself, uh, which was a big eye opener with regards to how, you know, they were looking at things. Uh, the second part of it was definitely, you know, uh, from a programming, you know, capability, you know, which was because I was studying computer science uh, bachelors, uh, you know, the programming capability also of these individuals are very remarkable, just so that, you know, to give you a perspective, uh, you know, after my four years of university there, right, uh, companies like Microsoft, Google, uh, you know, came from the US uh, and specifically Microsoft picked about five, six people. They, they all took a flight from Redmond, uh, you know, and flew down from Redmond, Seattle uh, to, you know, to India, uh, to Chennai. Uh, and they picked up, uh, you know, uh, candidates from my university and they sponsored them. And one happened to be a very good friend of mine who I'm still in touch with today, uh, you know, who came in from a tier two city, right? So, you know, and his parents are farmers and agriculturists. Wow. So, so that definitely, you know, throws a different perspective to you uh, and uh, makes you believe that, you know, the world that you look at is, you know, you got to open up your eyes and the opportunities are uh, not everywhere. It's true. And one question before you decide, I want to go in, you know, this techie world. It, when, when you was a kid, so you always was playing with this technology or how you, you get in this, uh, in this world. So um, it's funny you're saying this, uh, you know, even though I have a, you know, a background in technology, um, I was not a, you know, a tech first person. I was more a business first person. Uh, I was always looking at opportunities and I was looking at how you can solve these opportunities. Uh, but again, you know, if you look at technology and just to like, you know, demystify 
technology, you know, specifically, uh, you know, if you look at programming, programming is just a combination of different, uh, you know, algorithms, which are basically logic, you know, behind it, right? So a lot of programming is, you know, logic. And, uh, you know, and, and that's one of the, you know, reasons that I would say, uh, you know, I liked math, for example, and uh, programming is just another version of math. So, and, and, and just to answer your question about, you know, business or technology, I felt technology was a very strong enabler and can help you get new business opportunities. And that is also one of the areas through which I ended up, you know, getting into the tech, you know, field. Uh, I was never, you know, I never started off, you know, thinking that I would be in this tech, uh, you know, uh, industry. But uh, you never know where the where life takes you. No, of course. But when you were a kid in, in the school, so you were already thinking or interested in, in technology, or not, not, no, not yet. Or when Again, you were, I mean, fourteen, fifteen. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was more interested again in more business opportunities than technology. Okay. 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 And I realized so that you were, technology, okay, got it. So you were more, more, more good in math and good in business. And then you understood, you know what, this country, this world is moving in this direction. Let me know. Let me learn about technology. Very smart, by the way. Okay. And you start realizing that at what point of your, of your life, what age? I would say, you know, when I was going through uh, engineering uh, during bachelor's, uh, you know, is when I, you know, when I realized it, hey, don't, don't use it. Uh, you know, that's, that's where, you know, uh, I, I realized it. Um, because, uh, you know, when I was there in the university, uh, th as I said, there were a lot of smart kids, you know, who were in computer science and were programming, uh, you know, great stuff. But they all lacked business, you know, acumen. Uh, so I thought that if I could bring in the business acumen, bring in their, you know, strong programming capabilities, yeah. uh, and if we could both of that together, you could make uh, a great solution. And just so that technology, how I see technology, technology is an enabler. Technology can give you a 10x better solution to current problems. So I think that's where I see technology as, a, well, as I, one. I love your point because going back, uh, I remember in one of the cases in Harvard School, um, we studied the case of BlackRock. And in the case of BlackRock, there are guys 100% focused, they are traders, and they were just looking to improve their trades. And they understood we need to build a system. Otherwise, we are not going to be able to understand so much data that is right there. So absolutely, they, they, did, they did exactly the same path, understanding, so going to technology to make better decisions in business. So, and then, and then when, you, when you jump to NYU, or, or, or you were in the university in India, and then uh, what, do you do, what you did when you were you know, out of the university there? You start working or you immediately jump to NYU? So the thing is, uh, during my university, right, I you know, tried a few things. So one was real estate. Uh, oh, wow. I did a bit of that. Uh, just my family was into it. So I got some, some uh, capability to, like, uh, uh, to sort of like figure it out you know, firsthand. Um, being with the family. The second thing was I tried a edutech startup. So again, my family was in the, edu in the education space. So I understood the space very well. So I was just solving one problem uh, that you know, I felt needs to be solved. 
So, you know, as I said, you know, coming from a reputable university, uh, they were prescribing all textbooks, which were, you know, written by these uh, very famous authors, uh, you know, and these were authors who were from across the world. So they used very complicated English language in the textbook, but they did not realize the audience in India, in Chennai, were from people were not just from cities, but from also other parts of the country, which uh, where they were not very used to this flamboyant language. So I just took that as a particular problem. Uh, I, what I did was I was able to get some, you know, franchisee rights, uh, publication rights of some of the, uh, you know, global textbooks. And, uh, you know, with the help of my dad, I was able to publish some of these textbooks in a, in a, in a language which was more comfortable for other kids. So, how old were you at this time? So I was eighteen, uh, nineteen. Wow! This is another thing that all the entrepreneurs, um, big successful leaders, uh, do. They start very young. Yeah. No, I think uh, you know what what actually I feel a successful entrepreneur you know uh, should be defined. Uh, is based on also his capability to see problems, right? And see problems and be able to convert them as well. Right. So, you know, and, and yeah, I mean, start, uh, starting early always gives you, uh, you know, capability to be ahead of the curve. So, 100%. So, and, yeah. and, and then you graduate and how long do you take until you made the jump to, the, to New York? Yeah. So, right after graduation, I think my parents got very tired of me. So um, they were like, uh, had enough of oh, you. Go, uh, go, to- <laughs> go learn something new, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you know, very fortunate to be, you know, in such families uh, where, you know, they're always looking at, you know, how do you open up opportunities, uh, you know, for the kids, right? And also always thinking, you know, what next? So they let me go, you know, to choose whatever I wanted. Uh, I chose New York. Uh, I got a bunch of different uh, schools. I chose NYU. Uh, and to be very honest, uh, I chose NYU not for the school, but for New York. Okay. And, um, and there is a big difference uh, you know, in that because, yes, I do uh, love NYU. So don't get me wrong on that. Fantastic not- university. Fantastic. Yeah. No, I think uh, it's one of the best universities, again, you know, in the country. Um, but I think uh, NYU's experience uh, plus the city itself uh, gives a different perspective. And just for me, New York is just a symbolism, uh, symbolic uh, way of you know, saying whoever is the best can survive and others need to go out. And uh, it's a cycle. So I definitely realized that survival of the best uh, is sort of the attitude uh, in New York. And whoever you are in whichever part of the world you are, right? When you come to New York, uh, you start from the beginning. So I why they said if you can make it in New York, you can make it everywhere. Exactly. So, uh, so uh, and what, what age do you have when, when you start in NYU? So 22. Wow. So at 22, you already finished the, the, your career in, in computer science and then started the MBA in NYU. And so we, we, you finished in two years, one year. How, how long was the... Yeah. So uh, it was supposed to be uh, a two-year program. Uh, 
somehow I managed it to do it in three years okay. <laughs> instead of lesser um, because of different reasons. Uh, one, uh, I think uh, that that was the, the beginning of my next startup. Uh, so I played along uh, during the, and, and this is what happened, right? So I was in the last, uh, you know, coursework of NYU on the second year. Uh, I had a final thesis that I had to submit. Uh, and the final thesis was relatively actually easy. And it was basically, you know, telling me that, hey, uh, you know, pick, uh, you know, pick a company, right? Uh, go there, uh, work there and come back with some of the, you know, uh, challenges that you're facing and how you would probably solve it. Um, I got chosen at Thomson and Reuters. Um, and uh, it happened that my office was in, uh, on Times Square. And uh, so just, just before I jump into that story, I, I just want to tell you that before I jumped there, uh, I, during those two years in New York, uh, during the two summers, uh, I interned in two different companies. One was at SiriusXM, which was a satellite radio company. And uh, the other was at Sony. So, and I was working in the division, which was Sony Music. So it was, uh, you know, I had a lot of, uh, you know, uh, partnership uh, uh, that they had with Google and YouTube and all of that. So I was working both in SiriusXM and at Sony. I was working in the business uh, uh, strategy division. And I got a feel of corporate America, right? I felt uh, uh, what it was out there. And when I was given this, uh, you know, challenge of, you know, saying that, okay, your final thesis needs to go to another company, spend another three to five months. Um, I was not very inclined to do that because I felt that that was, again, another time that I'm going to go to another company. And it was not that I did not enjoy these two companies. Uh, both of them were phenomenal companies, but there was definitely a bug to start another company. So, uh, you know, so because of that, I ended up not uh, faring well. <laughs> so I sort of had to repeat, uh, you know, that coursework again, which pushed it by another six to eight months. Uh, but I used the opportunity to, uh, to sort of go to a lot of these different meetups, uh, went to a lot of these events. Uh, you know, met with a lot of entrepreneurs, uh, met with a lot of venture, you know, venture funds. Networking is another thing that all the key people is always doing. It's a big asset. More people you know, the more, the more people you can learn from, the better. Right. And I, and I think like, uh, at least in New York, it's just so diverse. Uh, people from all over the world solving all different types of problems. Uh, it was just an overload, right? Uh, but I think I took some time to uh, sort of narrow down on my idea and uh, I started off, uh, you know, on the idea to basically, this was just uh, the early, early days of Slack. So my idea was to, you know, to centralize uh, communication, uh, work, workplace communication uh, across different channels into a single dashboard. So today, you know, you get, you know, WhatsApp messages, uh, you get text messages, you get messages on Instagram, you get messages on, you know, you'll get your emails, you get, uh, you know, a chat messaging system that a company would use uh, internally. Uh, you would use different, you know, you would use a Zendesk for uh, issue management. So things were coming, you know, to people in, from different areas. 
And I wanted to create one single dashboard which had to integrate all of these different, uh, you know. Still, this is still is a fantastic idea. And I don't, I don't see any like this. Yeah. So I'll, I'll tell you, you know, I, I've, the idea was, you know, great. I, I actually started off building the product out. Uh, so because I came in from Anna University, you know, back in Chennai, um, you know, again, great, you know, there were great friends of mine, like, you know, who were like, you know, geniuses in, you know, in programming. Um, so I got a few of them on board. Uh, I got a little bit of bootstrapping capital from, from my family. And um, I started building the product out. Uh, the only, you know, roadblock that I saw during the period of time uh, before I started to, you know, jump onto my next venture was there was a lot of, uh, you know, need for integrations with different companies. Uh, and a lot of these companies were not very open in sharing the data, uh, you know, into a platform and that too into a startup. So the data, you know, uh, privacy issues, uh, you know, was much uh, larger and they were only ready to share data uh, with companies which were much bigger. So even though, you know, the problem, you know, existed and there was a, you know, there's still, I would say, you know, there's still a big problem that would, you know, that still exists today. I think, uh, you know, that was one of the, yeah, that was one of the biggest challenge that I, that I faced, but, but actually we built an MVP, uh, and it's so funny, uh, I was living in Manhattan, uh, you know, very nice, uh, you know, apartment building. And that's where I ended up meeting uh, my current partner, Pablo. Uh, so the building was nice. We had a nice co-working space, uh, you know, within the building. Uh, so uh, the people in the building could, you know, could meet each other. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big chatterbox. So, you know, I love to talk to new people. I love to know what they're doing. And I think uh, trying to increase constantly, you know, your knowledge about things that you don't know, right? Uh, so that's how, you know, we were sitting at a table. Uh, Paolo is sitting on the other side and, you know, I'm sitting on this side. So, and, and, and we saw each other, you know, for a bunch of times. Uh, and we were all, he was working on his own company and I was working on mine. Uh, and it so happened that, uh, during one of the times that, you know, I was very bored of what I was building and I needed a break. Right. So I ended up like having a conversation with him, uh, and we started to exchange, you know, ideas and things like that. So fast forward, what happened was I was at a point where, you know, I definitely wanted to raise external capital and, uh, I already had a decent product. Uh, I had some angels. Uh, who were ready to commit for the next round of capital. Uh, but I still needed a portion of capital that was still left that needed to be raised. So, uh, you know, at that point of time, I already had my financial deck, uh, but it was just not, you know, perfect. And it so happened that Pablo also came in from a financial background. Uh, he was working in a boutique investment bank uh, and he was building a biometric uh, payments application at that point of time. So. Uh, I said like, Hey, like, you know, looks like, uh, you might have some extra time. Uh, and, uh, you know, would you be uh, able to help me, uh, sort of like, you know, put this deck together and make it look better. And, uh, you know, and if you could do it, I didn't promise him any money, but I promised him some equity. So that's how it started the entire barter system, uh, you know, 
when you have nothing, you still need to sell something, right? So, uh, you know, for me, the only thing that I could sell at that point of time was equity. So, yeah. So, so, so yeah, I think how, how we, can, we in this case was we can code in this time. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Now so, we can, the company we can. Correct. So that's how the, you know, the company started. Uh, the whole concept of uh, being able to barter uh, equity in exchange uh, of uh, sweat, right? Of uh, so that's how it started. And basically how it started off was, uh, you know, we started going out, speaking with people uh, and uh, coming from NYU. And uh, he also had, a, you know, uh, he was about to wind down his company because of uh, an issue with his, uh, you know, with his existing, uh, you know, uh, partner. So uh, it was sort of timing, I would say. Uh, I miss where, everything. Yeah, it's all about that, right? So, uh, so yeah, I think we were out there in the in in the market trying to raise capital. We ended up meeting other entrepreneurs as well. And uh, we were thinking about, and when we were having these conversations, trying to understand what is the kind of problem that they are you know, having, everyone kept saying, hey, technology is a nightmare. I don't know how to build it. Uh, I don't know, you know who to trust. I have very limited amount of capital. I need to get through this. Uh, and I've already been uh, you know, screwed over once, twice. Uh, I need someone who I could work with uh, who has a skin in the game, right? So, uh, so this was a continuous, uh, you know, uh, discussion that was coming up. So, and if you looked at that particular market, uh, I would say the startups are the least underserved from a technology standpoint. And I'm saying early stage startups are the least underserved because if you look at it, the, you know, the options that they have is either they go, uh, you know, hire an intern because they can't hire someone full time. It's expensive to keep them on the payroll, uh, or they go to a, you know, a web or a design agency or a mobile agency in New York or somewhere in the US, which is extremely expensive, charging you $100 an hour. Uh, but on top of that, they actually build what you ask them to build, which, you know, the biggest problems in a startup is you really don't know what you're building because sure. you are, know that the problem exists, but you actually don't know the exact product. It's true to, you know, to solve that particular problem. So, uh, and that's what we call like product market fit today, right? So uh, they could understand the problem, which is a problem market fit, but they might not understand a product which might solve that particular problem, which is the, you know, product market fit. So, uh, so for that particular, you know, so they had very limited options. They either had to spend a hundred dollars, you know, work with someone who didn't have, uh, you know, uh, had no skin in the game, is constantly billing you, and if you look at their relationship, right, it is in some way toxic because what happens is they bill you by the hour. There's no standard rates. Uh, most of the times you get a surprise at the end of it. Even though if a startup has planned a particular budget, it never, you know, falls within that budget because you are, you know, you are given a scope and you keep changing the scope and you don't know how much of time you've consumed. Uh, you know, during that particular process. So, um, or you work with someone else, you know, you work with a freelancer, you know, sitting somewhere else in the world. And uh, basically, you know, you are able to, uh, you know, work with this particular person. Uh, the only risk to that is you don't know when this person would, you know, would suddenly disappear. It's, it's absolutely true because, the, and this is absolutely valid today. 
uh, it's true that the, the, all this world of technology is like super sexy, but on the other hand, it's like a black box that you don't understand exactly how to play this role, what is the right company to hire. So, and I think that you have a huge opportunity in this market right now. And, um, you know, with this pandemic, even, even better because every single company that was working in the normal, you know, in the real life need to go the online. And right. it's, I think it's going to be a huge opportunity. So, um, tell, tell me something else. So, uh, at what time you start weekend? 20 something? Yeah, 20, you know, 2016, 17. And right now you are? Um, as in how many years in? Yeah, yes. How, no, no. How, how, how old are you? Uh, 29. 29. So you are two years older than me. <laughs> uh, and one question. Uh, when was your first time? Because I know that you have been very successful in this company and you have, what is the biggest account that you, or the biggest success, you know, exits that you had so far? Yeah. So again, I think, uh, again, I would say success is, uh, you know, has different definitions, uh, you know, to the space in which, you know, we operate, right? Uh, so, of course, there is financial success. But apart from the financial success, I'll tell you both, both of them. Uh, apart from the financial success, I think there is also a success of learning, uh, which is extremely important, uh, you know, in the space in which we operate because we are an accelerator, right? Uh, so just before I jump in, I'll, I'll give a quick, like 30 seconds about what we can is right. So, you know, we can is a, you know, product focused accelerator, helping startups go from pre-seed to series A in 12 to 18 months. Uh, we focus primarily on two major verticals. One is, uh, B2B and future of work. And, uh, apart from that, we also look at mobility. So for us, mobility is, uh, you know, logistics, auto, uh, and travel. So those are the, you know, big areas that we focus on. From a standpoint of, to answer, you know, what our, you know, our journey has been uh, in the last few years, I think, uh, you know, one thing that I would say uh, is uh, we have had, uh, you know, three exits now. So, um, and uh, it's this definitely... By the way, this is incredible, so... Yeah, thank you. So, and, and the, and the exits primarily, you know, have been, uh, two of them, two of them have been to large organizations. Uh, one of it has been to Cox Auto, uh, which is one of the largest, uh, you know, uh, conglomerates in the, in the, in the United States. Uh, Cox used to, you know, be a large media company. Then they transformed themselves into a large auto player. Now they're diversified into different businesses. Uh, they own like autotrader.com. They own like Mannheim, which is the largest auctioning, you know, platforms. Uh, they own Kelly Blue Books. They, you know, they're very diversified. Uh, they are, you know, uh, over a $10 billion plus revenue company every year. Um, so, so it's, it's a company, you know, uh, which acquired one of our portfolio companies, uh, which was uh, in the mobile car cleaning space. Uh, you know, so we were, you know, Right Clean was one of our investments uh, you know, which we exited to, you know, Cox Auto and we were primarily, you know, delivering, uh, you know, mobile sanitization or car cleaning, um, you know, and sanitization in today's, you know, day and age, but uh, mobile car cleaning, uh, you know, and uh, we, we basically bring uh, a truck to you. We clean the car in, you know, less than 30 minutes, uh, you know, and we also used a technology which used much less water. So than the regular car washes. 
So we were in about five states. Uh, we were cleaning in New York, for example. All of Zipcar was cleaned by us. Uh, you know, we all enterprise cars, both in New York, Philly, was cleaned by us. Um, and we were in five states. And SF was one of the, you know, big markets Amazing. that. We were and um, I, I also want to to, to introduce, but express that uh, you contacted me days days ago to show me something that I believe is going to be incredible. There is a platform that is going to help, in fact, the world in this pandemic. But but that, that, don't don't say anything yet because I but I just want to show that as a good entrepreneur, you are not just always thinking in building a company, but also, as you said before understand a need and try to bring a solution. And in this case, we're not talking about money. It's, a, it's about helping people. So I, I love also this part. But I need to ask you some questions, Satya, uh, that at the end of the day, I'm going to compare with other people. So you said that you are 28, right? 29, yeah. 29. The first, th the first time, well, what age you had when you win the first money? The first, I don't know, one dollar, whatever. At what age? Uh, when did I make the first buck? Exactly. Let me think. Fifteen. Uh, Fifteen. Uh, and in doing what? So this was a you know it was a business development activity. So you know I knew a friend, uh, you know who could potentially you know who was uh, running another education institution. And considering that my my parents were also coming from an educational you know uh, institutional background. Uh, you know, I was able to land my dad a contract and I was smart enough to, before I landed him a contract, I was smart enough to uh, do a deal with him saying that <laughs> if you, you, know, if you win it, you started a big, in a, in a big world. So no, not just making pennies, you're, you're, you know, making deals, a big commission. Nice. I like it. Okay. No, and what, what was the first entrepreneur, the entrepreneurship that you had? So the first company or project or whatever you, you, you built. Yeah. So I would definitely take, uh, you know, the, the current, uh, you know, company or the, the company that I started off with, you know, just after NYU as one of my, you know, most, uh, uh, you know, efforts. So I would say, you know, three, four years ago. Got it. Uh, what is your biggest success so far? Well, it's a, you know, it's a tricky question. So for me, uh, you know, the biggest success has been uh, going from an idea stage company to an exit. Uh, and, uh, you know, and both for both the companies uh, that we partnered up with, out of the three companies, the two companies, uh, I led uh, the investment round, you know, into these companies, worked with them as, uh, as a co-founding partner with both the companies. Um, and both these companies from idea stage to exiting to, uh, to a large organization is something that I treat as a, you know, as a success. Super. The biggest failure? Well, I think, uh, the biggest failure to me personally is not trying to give back as much as possible. And as you had mentioned, uh, you know, I, I always feel that it's never too late. Um, so I, you know, during this pandemic, uh, as all of us uh, have a lot of things going on, uh, we are, this is going to be our first uh, corporate social responsibility project, which is focused on uh, supporting people uh, during this pandemic. So, uh, yeah, you know, 
that that I would say was one of the. I, I, I'm sure it's going to be a big success. I already saw the deck, and I think it's fantastic. Uh, one question: um, How much money do you need to stop working, or is it going to be a time when you're going to stop working, or? <laughs> Uh, I should say probably, you know, to the time when, you know, not able to count uh, what I have in the bank, but no joking, but <laughs> so I think, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, again, I don't have a direct answer to it. Uh, I can tell you from a perspective, I don't think so. I'll retire uh, even if I'm, you know, financially extremely successful. Uh, I think the urge to build something and the urge to, uh, you know, to sort of uh, uh, solve problems is one is of the, the, is the common answer, my friend. Every single entrepreneur is thinking in this way because they're having fun in what they're doing. Why do, yeah. do you want to stop if you're in your hobby, making, you know, making the life? One question, the best advice that someone give you so far? Well, the best advice that, uh, you know, I would say from the mentors that I've, you know, uh, you know, gotten is never uh, think that you can't learn uh, from a person, uh, whether this person is younger to you, is in a different field, uh, is much older to you, uh, is someone who's not even, you know, in the business world, could be, an, you know, could be someone working somewhere else. I think you can learn something from everyone. Uh, you know, that's what I would say is one of the biggest uh, uh, learning. Uh, yeah, advice, and that is something that I continue to do every day. I like it. Um, do you have any guy or person um, that inspire you, a legend? Um, not really. <laughs> okay. How many days uh, do you do workouts? Well, I try to work out, uh, you know, every day at least trying to be active. Um, it's another common, common thing. Uh, do you eat uh, healthy? Well, uh, I think I have transitioned myself uh, to being more healthy. Uh, I think uh, having a you know a good body and a healthy you know body is very important for a healthy mind. So I've definitely transitioned myself from my college days to uh, you know once I started my company. One hundred percent. At what time do you go to sleep? Well, um, I used to go to sleep around eleven and wake up around uh, six five thirty six. Uh, but now, considering that we have a global business now, so you end up uh, going to sleep to around four hours. I know. Yeah. Okay, uh, one more question. Uh, people that you admire? There is someone that you admire? Well, I think I admire a lot of people in different fields. Um, I would definitely, you know, uh, say that uh, uh, even though uh, Elon Musk is pretty crazy, uh, I think... Uh, we should give some credit to this guy that, you know, he's able to think far ahead uh, from people uh, and is able to bring dreams to reality. Um, and actually, if you had looked at it, a lot of these different things is 5% idea, 95% execution. Uh, I think he's had that 5% and also had the 95% uh, to back himself through, through his years. So definitely he is uh, someone that I, and I, I think I get the name. I get the, what is the name? Elon Musk. Ah, Elon Musk. Got it, got it, got it. Okay, one question. Uh, the best book, if you had to give an advice to the people that is listening, what is the book, just one, that you will advise to read? Lean Startup. Okay. 
And the last question, one advice for these people that is listening about this pandemic, what they should do, what is the advice that you give to the people that is listening about the pandemic? Uh, I would say that, you know, that we are all in the same boat, uh, you know, stay positive and use this time to rebuild your company from the scratch. It's the time to rethink all your strategies that you had, you know, put in on paper three, four years ago, or even six months ago. Uh, it's a new world 2.0. So, you know, figure out a way, you know, to sustain and uh, use this time to, you know, rebuild and rebrand yourself. I love what you said. And in fact, this kind of conversation are exactly for that, to, to inspire people to rethink what they're doing. It's a moment where everything stops. There is a, it's a, sp a perfect moment to rethink, re, you know, redesign. And then when everything passes, I think we're soon to, to see that start with more power. Thank you very much, Satya. I love you, brother. So, and I'm going to send you the link super soon. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Ricardo. Thank you for having me here. Take care, brother.